Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. Tonight is December 17th, 2015. I'm Cherry Garcia. I thank you for being here for the Mike on the Mike show with our host, Mike Albright who is just returning home from the epic and all-out amazing Survivor Second Chance finale that aired on CBS last night. I don't think I'm alone when I say that this has been one of the most enjoyable, riveting, exciting seasons of Survivor we've seen in a while. I loved every episode, and I couldn't wait for the next one. And our host, Mike Albright, has been out in L.A. since Sunday, and was at the finale last night, and I can't wait to hear his stories. I don't know who might be calling in tonight, but I am sure tonight's show is going to be incredible. And as always, you're invited to call in at one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. Once you're on our switchboard, we do ask to please press the number one key on your on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air. Myself and Paul from Minnesota will be here as your co-host. We're going to say a quick hi to Paul, and then I'll bring up our host, and we'll get this party started. Paul, how are you doing up in Minnesota tonight? Hi, Cherry. Hi, everyone. I'm doing all right. Uh, a little stressful time of year, uh, but uh, otherwise uh, I'm doing okay, and I agree it was a phenomenal season and finale. I agree. Our host up here. Here we go, folks. They have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days. This is their story. This is Survivor.
super fan, Mike. Mike, you're up. Mike, how are you? Welcome home. Doing great. Just uh, literally pulled in a driveway, I think, 10 minutes ago. So it's <laughs> I was flooring it on I-71 from the Columbus Airport to Wilmington. So I'm, I'm here. Uh, just made it. And uh, I don't have notes, just have a lot of fun experiences from an exciting five days out in Los Angeles at the Survivor finale. So it was uh, a, what an amazing episode. And got to, within the past uh, 48 hours, I spoke directly with every cast member, even uh, even Shireen, who has been problematic in the past, had a good conversation with her, and Vetus, who was not allowed at the taping because of some stuff we had talked about, you know, off and on briefly. So it was a amazing show. And I've only watched the episode once. I caught the Ponderosa videos right before I boarded my airplane. I had some – I got through security in record time at LAX, and I've watched the Ponderosa videos, and there's a lot to talk about. But I am – it's going to be a little uh, all over the place just because, you know, there aren't prescribed notes. But in general, I would say – I'm not ready to put uh, Second Chances as my favorite season, um, but I definitely think it's in my top ten. And I think the finale, at least, with all the drama and excitement, might have been one of the top three or, you know, one, two, or three best finales, just with every everything that happened, especially that first the first Tribal. It was one of the most epic things. And, I, and the good thing I felt was I had predicted – correctly one of the possible scenarios and it was interesting to see how that all played out when uh at the final six they go in and it's it looks like it could be an easy four to two vote over keith or wentworth but old kimmy felt she was on the bottom and decided to to make a move and force a three three and wentworth felt like she needed to play her idol and jeremy had the instinct to play his too and for the first time in Survivor history, we have no recorded votes, and then it was it was really neat to see the the how that worked out. And then even in right afterwards, they brought out a picture and set it on stage while the while that was all going on. I'm like, what is going on here? And then Probst came out and did the play by play to explain the scenario, and it was very very interesting. What were your guys' thoughts on uh, that first Tribal Council? Just incredible. I mean, and you yeah. had called it perfectly to a T. Yeah. And even the even the was, scenario of how I thought it. I didn't know Kimmy would flip. I wasn't sure who was going to flip, but yeah. It was just amazing. I was uh, sitting on the edge of my couch and tweeting a little bit, but um, it was just so incredible to watch. And oh yeah. I mean, you could feel the excitement all the way here to Missouri and over Twitter. Um, it was just such an incredible finale. Oh yeah. But when and inside the, from the studio perspective, there's a guy that is always the same warm-up guy. He's the one that talked to me last taping when he asked who the biggest fan was. This guy was saying we were the loudest ever. And from my seven finales, it was definitely the loudest. And they said in the control room they couldn't even believe how much sound was coming out of the crowd. That's how crazy it was just to 
inside the studio. So I think, you know, it was it was crazy. And like they said, there were 220 people trying to get in the thing. And I'll talk more about how I got into the taping because that's its own story. But, uh, yeah, that first tribal was just epic. <laughs> I spotted you within about between 15 to 30 seconds cameras went into the, the studio I spotted yep. you <laughs> I was uh, very very strategic about what I was wearing and it, I guess subconsciously I was just thinking oh, I, I got these new shirts I think the blue one will look best on TV and you know a lot of people don't wear that like blue turquoise and I just happened to have this orange hat but then I, when I looked at the pictures they're the colors from the Pearl Island season of Drake and Morgan, because uh, the hat was what I had had to add Savage sign. So, and I was letting everyone know that's what I'm going to be wearing. But I think the white was right. The seat was phenomenal. I was a seat filler and got amazing seats. And you know, Big Mike's 110 pounds less, and there's still enough so that I'm still spottable. Um, but yeah, there were. I've been told, and I've been trying to keep up with Facebook, there were probably three or four distinctive shots where people could see me. And I also tried to, instead of just clap, and I would, like, wave my arm in weird ways just so people were like, yeah, I think that's him again. Because <laughs> you don't yeah, want to just stand there clapping. A, I was just checking out a picture of you. Um, definitely look much lighter and really great, Mike. I have to tell you, you really look good. I look lean, and what well, what would happen was I came in Sunday and uh, hung out with a friend, and then didn't really see a whole lot of cast until Monday. But they were all in the bar of the hotel, and the Dirty Thirty crew was there, just you know, hanging out too. And it was really, really cool to see everyone. Uh, down there, and it was some of the people that I had hung around with at this charity event in Cincinnati, Sierra, Tyler, and Mike had got, I had gotten really close with, and when all three of them saw me, they were, you know, couldn't believe who they were looking at. Sierra gave me the, three of the biggest, hardest hugs I've ever had, and I have, out of my six surgery scars, there's one or two that are just a little, little iffy still right now, and she, they were hugging me. So many people were hugging me. I had to go put a Band-Aid on just because it was like, that's how bad it was. It was just these great hugs. And, I mean, I'm not going to pass up hugs from Sierra any day. Uh, but it was great to see her and Mike and Tyler. And then all the old cast, everyone everyone I had met and had a relationship with. So it was a lot of people like, hey, great to see you. And, wow, they were all really shocked. And then, you know, the coolest one of all was uh, Andrew Savage just, he, he knew I was really wanting to talk to him, and I, you know, met his wife and his kids, and um, you know, Aww. Dara from Dara from his season happened to be there the Tuesday yeah, the right before I'm the finale. At you with Dara yeah. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, so Dara just was there, and one of my buddies had to spot her because I'm usually really good at spotting Survivor alumni, and they're like, because we were looking for Monica because she was the only one we hadn't seen. And they're like, oh, it's Darren. And I'm like, who? What are you talking about? What are you? I mean, I wasn't registered what they were saying. I'm like, Dara. And I'm like, oh. So I went and had, luckily, I had all this stuff from Andrew's season, and I had her sign a bunch of stuff. I regret I didn't think that she'd be there. I have a TV guide signed by the four of the final five from Pearl Islands, Fairplay, Lil, Burden, and Sandra. 
I wish I had to add that TV guide so she could have signed wow. it. But she was really friendly and nice and appreciative. And I told her I had, I had met her before, so she wasn't one to knock off the list, but I hadn't seen her in 12 years. So I got a picture with her, which was cool because I hadn't gotten a picture with her. So that was. Well, I have to ask a big question, Mike. Yeah. How many have you added to your list? That would be zero, because I had met everyone except for Savage, but by yelling at him in the crowd, I had counted it as meeting him, because he yelled back, and there weren't any new people, so I'm still sitting strong at 428, but I'm going to go see Karen Gridell within like a week and a half, so it'll be up to 429 before the new year, and I doubt... I'll meet anyone else before the next finale. But it's possible, but uh, we'll see. So the, the the count stayed the same, but I my my iffy 428 is more official now because, you know, I spoke to Andrew, you know, and he was psyched to just because he knew how big of a fan I was and how much I had been messaging him. And I had a TV guide from Canada that had his he and his wife on the cover, so they both signed it, and we got pictures of that too. And there were some fun, if you if people are looking at the pictures I've posted, um, Joe photobombed one picture, and Tyler photobombed another picture, and they're some of the most epic photobombs ever. And I want to do, you know, the, where somebody takes a picture, then they blow up part of it, and then they blow up another part, and then they blow it up, and it's like four pictures together, and you can see, like, it blowing up one thing in the picture. I, I don't know how you do that on Instagram or something, but I want to do that for this one that Tyler did because he literally, all you can see is his eyeball between two people. But he's right, and he's photobombing the picture. So. <laughs> how funny. So, so then, well, go ahead. What is, start start with some of your stories. What What happened when you first got out there? Well, when I first got out there, my buddy uh, William Yelton met me and, and said, you know, if you if you fly into LAX and you don't rent a car, if you take a if you take a taxi from LAX to the anywhere the cast has ever stayed, it's gonna be like an eighty ninety dollar cab bill. So I didn't want to do that. Plus, I wanted to see my friend. So he picked me up and we went to Hermosa Beach and just hung out. Went and got lunch and then went to the pier down there, and it's amazing. It's one of the big, big surfing areas. And then we hung out for a few hours, and he took me to the hotel. And I kind of just hung out Sunday. I didn't really I didn't really see cast. I'm trying to remember Sunday night. There may have been I, – I really don't know if anyone oh, – the only person I saw Sunday at all were Val and Jeremy, and I had seen Tasha briefly, like, but she was with a bunch of her girlfriends, and I don't think she saw me because when, when she came back down on Monday, she was really excited to see all the fans. So, But they were the first two. And then as Monday hit, you know, the people started rolling in, like, uh, you know, Dale and, uh, Dale and Kelly were there, and I definitely wanted to talk talk to them, to them because, you know, I'm team, I was Team Wentworth all the way. So they came in and Andrew and about six total. And then once Tuesday hit, everyone else started coming in. But it was a, it was a little iffy because there were about four or five people we didn't see. And we had planned uh, all the super fans. Nina, who had done the show, Nina Porsche, had wanted to go out with her friends and all the fans. 
up to City Walk. And if people aren't familiar at Universal Studios Hollywood, there's this big outside shopping area called City Walk, and the two hotels have a shuttle that runs back and forth. So, you know, we took the shuttle up, and we were going to have dinner at Saddle Ranch, which is a famous restaurant there. And we knew they could accommodate us because we had, like, 30 people at our table. Um, but then we missed the last shuttle by literally 30 seconds, so we had to walk back to the hotel. But I was in my, – my health is so different that it's – I've never walked all the way back from City Walk. It's like, you know, half a mile, three-quarters of a mile, and we usually just take the shuttle. But we walk into the hotel, and we're going through the bar, and we see – Pretty much everyone in the cast there, except for like one or two people, including Vetus, who, um, if we've talked about, and if people were wondering, did you notice that Vetus wasn't in the crowd at the reunion show? Yeah, what? Can you explain that? Yeah, what had happened was he was banned from the finale because he had left early from the after he had been voted out because he wanted to be home with his uh his uh his new baby and production let him leave and then when it came around to the finale he wasn't allowed to go and Jeff Probst had tweeted looks like it's gonna be a great finale and then Vetus replied well I wish I could go see it but I'm banned and that's when it confirmed what I had been hearing that he wouldn't be there and if you saw the if you looked at the crowd of the reunion show up in the top left corner where it's usually the first boot it was Shireen. So she was up there because Vetus just wasn't allowed to attend because that's a violation of the rules to leave early. So he joins an illustrious group of only, there's only three cast members that have not been at a finale. You guys remember who they are. So one's Vetus. Do you remember who the other two are? I know know Hans is one. Brandon Hans, that's two. And the other one, it's very closely connected to Brandon Hance in one of his seasons. Brenda Lowe. Brenda was pregnant and couldn't travel, which is interesting because Val was eight eight months pregnant and was able to travel. So I don't know if Brenda's doctor didn't clear or if her health situation was different than Val's, but only three people in the history of the show have not been in the finale taping. So Wow. Yeah, every and by leaving early, that, so. yeah. But boy, she looked like she was ready to pop. Oh, Val or Brenda or Val. both? Um, oh, Val. Yeah, she was, and we were concerned because we were talking to Val and Jeremy about that. Like, and she was saying how far along she was when she went to Cambodia, and you know, she was eight, she's eight months pregnant. That's when Jeff, I think, talked about it on the show that at any point. She could have just had her kid. It could have been, could have, I mean, right. during the taping, she could have had to leave. I could think there were some doctors in the crowd, but. He said it's been a show of first. Anything could happen. <laughs> and it would have been just something else to add to that amazing finale. Yeah. But that happened. Sure would have that, been. That, was, that was Tuesday, and we were having so much fun just hanging out with the cast at the hotel that we didn't even go to the official um, pre-party, which ended up being, they switched venues, so it was kind of small. So it ended up being, it worked out pretty well that we just kind of hung out there. And Abby was so sweet, and she, you know, she signed stuff and was great to see. And Pete was there. 
you know, and, and Pete's kind of, Pete's a little standoffish. I don't know if I've talked about this before that, you know, Abby's real outgoing and Pete's a lot more reserved, but even Pete gave me a hug. It was just weird. All Whenever I run into a survivor, usually if they've, if they've known me for a while, it's almost always a hug. And people were just, it was just neat to see the shock on people's face, even with seeing stuff on Facebook, just people just were like, wow, wow. It's like, thank you. Thank you. It was just a good motivator to, you know, keep everything going. But that was pretty much it. And what had happened Monday night was actually, what was it Monday? I'm just trying to keep my day straight. I think it was Tuesday night because we were all sitting in the, no, sorry, it's Monday. It was very, it's a whirlwind. Monday night, uh, we had all gotten this email from Seat Fillers because what you do is you apply to Seat seat Fillers, seatfillersandmore.com, and the, Invite went out Saturday for seat fillers where you just apply, you have to register, and then that's how they randomly give out seat filler seats. And they also had an essay component, which, you know, I submitted for, I think I think you did too, Sherry, where you had to apply. No, I, never, I, never, I never sent one in. Oh, okay. Well, I applied and talked about there, so. Yeah, for me, for me, as many casts as I have, and then talking about, you know, this recent health resurgence and lifestyle change. And then I put in my quote that's now, it's, I don't want to steal my own thunder, but I'm going to put it on my application video once I get under 300 pounds, when I finally formally apply for the first time for the show, is everyone made a big deal when Sri got off the couch and lost 30 pounds and went on the show. Well, I want to get off my couch and lose a Sri. So I think... That's got a lot of kick to it because everyone knows Siri and her story. And, you know, losing 30 pounds is no joke for anybody despite your size. And uh, But if I lose Siri, I think that's pretty phenomenal. So we'll see. No doubt. <laughs> we'll, see if the, we'll see if they like that. They may not like it. You know, who knows. But it was neat. I saw during the live taping, I saw Lynn Spillman. Over in the corner, didn't really get to talk to her much. And your favorite guy, who's oh my created God. so many famous shows, was in the crowd. Uh, came <laughs> down, but was busy. It was right when they were switching to commercial. I would have got up and shook his hand, but I did say, "Hey, Mark," and he looked over and waved. Miss Mark Burnett was uh, in front of me, about ten feet away. So Mark, Mark was there. And a cool thing I, I shared on my Facebook while we were waiting to get into the studio. One of my friends, John, who buys a lot of props and went out to Samoa, he he showed me that John Kerhofer was, you know, over there getting his ticket. And I, you know, we were talking to another producer named Jesse Jensen, who has been on the show since, I think, Australia or Borneo, and his brother. They were in the Star Wars movies as stuntmen, and now they work for Survivor. But anyway, Kerhofer is over there, and I'm like, sir, it's great to meet you. I'm a huge, you know huge fan. I've met so many survivors and I love all your work. And he said, thank you so much. A real friendly dude. And then in the studio later, I saw him again. And then I got a picture with him as the crowd was clearing out. So that was kind of a, kind of a neat snag there, but there were uh, in the crowd for those of you probably didn't see it on TV, Christina Cha from uh, worlds apart or sorry, one world was there. Cochran from South Pacific and Caramoan was in the crowd. Rob Sesternino was a guest of Fishback. And I guest of Sierra, I think it was Sierra, was uh, Tyson and Rachel. 
So I got to go really? up and say hi to Tyson and Rachel. And then the big thing that we definitely made time to do is over the years I've we've talked about, I've built up a really good rapport with, you know, Jeff Probst's whole family, his mom, Barb, his dad, Jerry, uh, his, old, his one of his brothers, Scotty, who used to work for the show, and then his other brother, Brent, and his wife, Hillary. So I made sure we – it took a couple times to go over. First we went over and talked because we had seen – Jeff's uh, one brother and mom, they came by the cast hotel just to try to see us and see the survivors. And she was really glad to see us. So then we came back over to see her husband, and he he was really shocked when he saw me. He's like, wow, Mike, you're really looking you're really looking lean. And then we said hi to him, and then we had to come back over and see Brent on a separate trip. And then our last trip, which was right before the reunion show, you know, we had to go sneak all the way, not really sneak, but we weren't really supposed to be over on the floor, all the way to the front to where Jeff's sister-in-law, Hillary, and, and his mom were, and they were both just shocked again to see me. So it was just fun that's to... so awesome. And and I was in, that's when Cochran kept having a line of people at every commercial wanting to see him, but the lights were down and they were starting the show back up, and as I walked by, I go, hey, Johnny, good to see you, and he goes, hey, Mike, looking good. So just like, you know, these real quick exchanges with all these past players. So, oh, I'm so um, happy for you. But uh, yeah, so then we get incredible to see it. For you. It, was, it was incredible. And then on uh, Monday that night, seat fillers started sending out emails of who got tickets, and it got pretty dicey with all my friends there because a lot of people did themselves plus one, but only three of us on Monday had gotten the email saying you you got your seat filler seat. So a lot of people had gotten rejected. So it was a little uh a little a little argumentative amongst people because they wanted to go and making decisions between friends and you know, I'm going to go and I'm taking you and then somebody that didn't get to go and it was very very dramatic, but on Tuesday a few more opened up so it got a little bit better. So what we had to do as a seat filler, you're not guaranteed a seat like last year I was, they had added 75 seats late to the studio, and when I was a seat filler, I had actual seats when I came in. This time, we had to wait in this line outside the studio, and luckily, I was 12th in line, so people that had been guaranteed seats that didn't come, this uh, guy just comes up out with this plastic uh, container and said, I'm in your party, one or two. And you basically became these producers and they took you in and we all, you know, just took our seats and it was, I didn't have to move around, which is funny because when you're a seat filler, sometimes like in an award show like the Oscars, you might become Robert De Niro for a commercial or something while he's up on stage and then you're just kind of running around like crazy for this. They just had known open seats that you just kind of stay in all night. So but that was interesting and, you know, got to meet a lot of my friends. And I think almost everyone that wanted to get in got in. So the few people that didn't get in as seat fillers, there was a – what they do is they watch the East Coast feed and uh, out there so they, they can see what happens and then go to the party while the West Coast feed's airing. So there were about, I think, 30 fans over there, too, and a couple survivors at Krista's house from Pearl Island. So it was it was a fun thing. And then the actual finale was just, it was just 
a great one to be in the studio for, just with all the energy and the, uh, you know, that first vote. And because of all the scenarios, I love that Jeff explained it because I was getting a little confused at why Keith was the only one that would have to go if they couldn't make a decision. But then when he went and illustrated it, it made sense that, you know, I'm trying to remember Spencer had immunity and Jeremy and Kelly's idols made them immune. So that only left Kimmy and Tasha and Keith. Well, because Kimmy and Tasha were tied and no one was going to switch, that's why Keith could have gone. And good old Keith, you know, said, well, I'll play yeah. the team. And I, was, I couldn't so believe close. that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Talk about a man that is so humble and has a heart of gold. Yep. I honestly thought he was going to get up and walk out of there. And thank God for Kelly Wentworth. She yep. talked him out of it. I adore her. I think she's amazing. I, you know, I was for those two pretty much all season, and I was so happy when she talked him out of it because I didn't mm-hmm. want to see him go out like that. I mean, how it was very humble of him to do, but. Yep. I wanted to see him stay and fight for it. You know, I didn't want to see him walk out like that. And so I was very, very grateful to Kelly Wentworth for doing what she did and talking him out of it. I almost wish he would have played the idol that, you know, or brought the idol out that she made for him just to see Mm -hmm. what would have happened. But it just wasn't in his character. You know, it just isn't him. And he was really worried about playing that and looking stupid, I think. And I, I think that's what really made him not want to play it. But I, I, and that was on the second vote, not that first one. But if he had, right. I think if he pulled, pulled out the idol, I really think Spencer would have changed his vote to Jeremy. I really, I think Jeremy dodged a huge bullet there when, uh, when that happened. Cause I think Spencer was getting anxious and might've tried to, Make a move, and he, he, he. I just don't get how he didn't think, or how how he thought he had a shot against Jeremy and Tasha versus you know Keith and Wentworth. I just I just don't understand that. But uh, yeah, Kelly, I don't either. Well, they, I didn't, and I was glad Kimmy made a move and didn't feel didn't want to be comfortable with just getting fourth place. You know, she was willing to, you know, wheel and deal and make some moves too, and I I appreciated that, and it was neat to. You know, once you're there and once I interacted with the cast, some of my, you know, I didn't like so-and-so and I didn't want him to be on there, but all that was pretty much gone by the time, you know, they're actually at the taping. Because when I get there and Keith's all nice and saying, hey, but, hey, good to see you, Mike, and, you know, Kimmy's real friendly, and, and Tasha was so, so nice and even wrote on my collage, like, thanks for your all your support this season. I felt like, ugh. <laughs> I guess she's not listening to the sh- I guess she's not listening to the show, but Well, I've um, been supporting her, so <laughs> Yeah, well yeah, you've been giving support, so that was just those two were great and Kelly Wentworth just just tore it up in that that tough final five challenge and strategically and I love how she they show how strategic she is and they talk about it. She did the really hard leg of it first. And some of the other ones waited and did, you know, 
different order, and that's you know that got her through that's there. Got and, it for yeah. And I really, I don't, I, I and she was all shell shocked. I I asked her at the party, but I think she was tired of just getting off the red carpet and talking about it and living through it. But I said to her, you know, what I had asked her was if Keith had had pulled out the fake idol, what do you, do you think that would have changed their mind? But I think she was just so wound up from the whole thing, she didn't want to talk about it. So I kind of just dropped it with her. But it's a curious thing, and looking back, I might, you know, next season when we're bringing in all these second chance people, I'm going to try to book as many that haven't done the show or some that have before and just, you know, now that they can talk about it. You know, right. you know, maybe get some more inside information. But it was, I just, I, I couldn't believe he didn't even try to show it because even if he didn't play it, he could have, you know, you know, just showed it more. Even one of the things. I think he was afraid the, that it was, it was going to. See, you know, he's a very dignified, yeah. sort of southern guy, and and he doesn't want to do anything that would um, embarrass himself or his family and I mm-hmm. think he was afraid that it would dishonor him in some way. Oh and yeah. I just I think he was afraid that it would just do something sort of dishonorable and he just didn't want to, to be dis dishonest in any way and so he didn't he didn't pull it out and I think if he would have it might would have changed things but that's just yeah. who he is um but Paul's been been supporting Tasha too so myself and Paul Paul both have, have you know supported Tasha I think even in his final three pick I think he might have thrown Tasha in there but oh good so, um, but Keith, I I don't have enough good things to say about Keith. I could go on all night. That guy, he's so funny. I think some producers ought to be fighting over him to give him his own show. That's what I think. I think he deserves yeah. his own show. He he honestly does. When he talks about how Survivor ain't fun, you know, a cruise is fun. <laughs> Survivor ain't fun. He just lays it all out there. He's so honest. And, you know, if if some people that have these TV shows that I see out there can get TV shows, I don't know why Keith Nail can't get his own show. I mean... I don't know. Yeah, he's so entertaining. And, you know, he and Wesley were both very humble and very very nice and big got to see Big D again and whole family's just great. It was weird to not see I guess they had more tickets last time but I didn't see Wes's other brother. I can't even I am not even sure what his name is, but uh yeah. It was I didn't have to worry about getting any confusion. So I yeah, think his family uh, is a who you know. They're, they're yeah. probably all kinda like him. And uh, is what I kind of envision anyway. So I can imagine his entire family would be a good television show. <laughs> and I made sure on his collage, I asked him to put, you call Will Hall, but he forgot to sign it. I think he just put, he just put, you call Will Hall, 
And uh, and that's all he put. He didn't even say Keith. I, maybe he went back and I asked him to to sign it. But but uh, yeah, he was great. I mean, I'll go through the whole cast and just try to highlight some experiences before we talk more about the show. Um, you know, like I said, Vita's the first boot. Um, very friendly. Um, really cool. Talked it up. We didn't really. I didn't really ask him anything about the finale. I didn't think it was you know, appropriate or, you know, nice to do there. Um, I was pretty sure he was going to be there, so it was nice to catch him. He got the signs and stuff, but really nice. Um, Shireen, uh, I finally talked to her a little bit and was just talking up that I was a big fan of her. I voted for her, and I that asked her to sign one more thing, and she just says, I I guess the bottom line is she just doesn't like to sign stuff. I think she'll, she'll sit in there and talk to the show with you all day. I guess she's just one of the few that just doesn't like signing things. So, I don't know. It's a weird thing, but she was... It's, it's strange, but, she, you know, she, she was better. Um, PG, I, I'm trying to do this in the right boot order. I should have pulled this up on Wikipedia, but I'll, 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 just, I'll make sure I talk about everybody. PG, really friendly, came to our little uh, signing table. Super nice. Uh, Barner, same thing. Really cool. You know, talking up, you know, the support. And he was great to sign stuff and wanted to do that. Monica, we didn't see forever. I had to catch her at the uh, after party, but of course, also nice. Woo, my goodness. my! I had been saying about not taking Woo campaign and all this, but Woo came in and was just, he remembered everyone. He especially remembered me, and I forgot he was from Ohio State. He went to Ohio State and was a big Buckeyes fan. So, you know, talking to Woo, I, I felt a little bad that I was so mad he and Keith made it, not Savage, but, you know, he was an interesting, fun guy and was really, you know, was really nice about everything as well. Um, I'm trying to make sure, is that, there's, I think there's one more, I don't want to miss anyone. Oh, Terry, when uh, Terry walks in with Danny and Trish and his daughter, and it was just good to see them, and, you know, you know Terry came right up and was like, Hey Mike, you look you look really different. You know they were getting hugs and you know went up to Danny because uh, Danny uh, there was this dodgeball tournament out in Long Long Island in 2007 and 2008. In the first year, I had picked Terry Dietz to be on my team because he was it was right after Panama Exile Island, so he was you know a great pick. And I ended up getting all the Dietzes to play on my team. So Trish and Danny and his sister were all on my team. So we basically became known as Team Deets. And he looked really healthy and strong and uh, looked like he was doing really well. And it was neat to see. I'm glad he got to be interviewed on the show. And I'm glad that all the proceeds for all the auctions are going to the Danny Strong Foundation. And I really hope it makes a lot of money. Um, I hope so, so too. And that's all the pre-merged people. And then after that, you know, Cass was the first juror, very gracious, glad to talk. Um, So she was cool. Savage, I've spoken about. So friendly, so just, you know, one to talk, one to engage with the fans. So he was cool. Uh, Fishback, you know, came over and had, he had a great time. My friend John made a, uh, he had in his bag of stuff to get signed a ring toss game that he said, hey, Steven, here's ring toss. You can uh, practice later for another season. 
And then he also had a bottle of Pepto-Bismol um, <laughs> for when Stephen got so sick. And he smiled and he laughed it off. So that was, uh, you know, that was that was funny to see how well he took that. Well, Kelly Wigglesworth came in kind of late. Wasn't really, like, super fun to talk to. Um, but, you know, she signed and was, was friendly overall. Um I'm trying to make sure I don't miss anyone. Sierra was great. She was uh, a lot friendlier than before. I told how much I enjoyed her this season because I just because of the way everything broke down. She was in the group I liked the most, and I re- I finally got a good picture with her because she she even mentioned that from Facebook the picture with us is like horrible. If you, have you, I don't know if you've seen all my Survivor stuff. You've probably seen a lot of it, Sherry. But the picture I had with Sierra where my face is really washed out and. She's really tan because I had to change the uh, contrast on it so it even looked halfway decent. But, yeah, she was great. Um, Joe, my goodness, Joe was just so cool. I got to meet Joe's dad, um, Pat. And Pat's picture with Joe was in my collage, and I asked him to sign my, my Survivor collage of Joe. And he said it's the only time in his entire life he signed an autograph for somebody. And he said it's probably going to be the only time he ever will. Um, but he said he really appreciated that. And, you know, I got to see the interaction with Joe and his sisters and his mom and his dad. You know, they were all there. Um, trying to make sure I don't forget anybody. Tasha, she had, a, like, seven friends with her. And when she came over to the table, she was so excited, but you can see all of our friends just so bored and rolling their eyes, and I was like, hey, ladies, you're awesome, too, and they all smiled and laughed. Um, that's Tasha. Oh, Jeremy was great, and, you know, high-fiving people, really stoked. And I, I knew no spoilers, but I was telling Jeremy I was rooting for him in Wentworth, and I told him, I think it was on Monday night, that I was like, hey, dude, I've got this buff signed by ever, all the winners of the show, and I really hope you get to sign it. And he was really excited about that. So I don't. He kind of almost gave it away a little bit because he was like, "Okay, yeah, cool." And I was like, "Well, he's just, you know, you know, just, you know, being really positive." And I should have known he was going to win ten to zip. Uh, but I just missed him this morning. But I left my buff with Bob Crowley, who was going to be my roommate, and Bob got it signed. And I'm going to have Bob <clears throat> mail it to me. So that awesome. was. Uh, so that was cool. I'm trying to think Wentworth, she was great. So friendly and you know, I'm I'm team I'll always be team Wentworth, you know, no matter what scenario. Uh Spencer was a little a little hard to interact with versus his other finale. I don't know if he was just nervous or just, you know, don't want to I think from the uh live show, he did kind of say he had stopped watching Survivor. He was just focusing on his job and his girlfriend. So he was a little aloof, but, you know, you can't get past me. And uh, and then Kimmy <laughs> was great. I had some old pictures from uh, this Houston event and had some, you know, Australia stuff. So she was great, too. And I think, I think that – I don't think I missed anybody, but I hope I, – I really hope I didn't. Um, but, yeah, just great, great interactions all together. And uh, I was just – the Jeremy went in that final immunity and he put himself in the final three and I was just really he was toying around with doing what Tony had done. I think it's Tony. 
Or was, I'm trying to think. If, I think Tony forced them to make fire, or was it Natalie that forced them to make? Yeah, you know, sorry, Natalie that forced them to make fire. Am I getting my seasons mixed up? I should know this better. That he was toying around with making the final four do a little extra to earn their way in, and I thought it was. I really don't know if he had done that and Wentworth had won. I don't know if. In a final three, I think Kelly would have gotten a lot of votes from Jeremy, so I guess he's really smart for not forcing a 2-2 tie. Do you have any thoughts on that? Did you, were you thinking he had a, he was possibly going to switch that? or? I think he's smart for playing it like he did. Um, yeah. Kelly would have gotten some of the votes, definitely. Yeah. I heard, I'm not going to call names because she's not here and and I just don't do that but a friend of mine told me her son grew up with Joe and um oh yeah hmm. so she she knows him somewhat and uh she said that Joe we got to see how close Joe was with his father and so I asked you know is he that close with his mom? You know, how is he with the rest of his family? And she said that he is like that with his mom, grandma, his, you know, other siblings. He is mm-hmm. just that caring and close with all yep. of his family. And she said he's like a mother's dream. You know, he's just such a great kid. And apparently... The powers that be on Survivor adore him as well. Um, Mm -hmm. They've asked him, and I had just started watching some of it um, before the show started, but he he hosted um, an interview show for them. Oh. Yeah. And so I don't know if he'll be doing more for them, but they definitely definitely know that he has, you know, um, an audience and can draw people to him. So they might utilize that uh, and have him hosting some things. Um, I I doubt that it's going to be the last time we see him on Survivor, is my prediction. Oh, I think they're going to let him play. We'll him back. I think a lot of these folks that have been I think there's going to be some new people playing for a third time after these second chance opportunities in some of these other seasons because there's a lot of popular people. And if anyone wants to meet Joe, he'll be at Reality for Diabetes, um, which is June the weekend of June 4th in Cincinnati. And I'll get last year I got to drive around Lex, Tom, Tyler, Sierra, and Mike. And I'm not sure if uh, Lex and Tom are coming back. I need to talk to them about that. And I don't know how many flights I could book. But we're going to – Joe is definitely coming, and he's joining the party van. So I'm going to get to hang out for multiple days with Mike, Tyler, Sierra, and uh, the, the person that guys want to hang out with and the person that girls want to get with, Joe. So if anyone's in the Cincinnati area and is listening to this, Please come out to the event and meet Joe. He's so friendly. He's so personable. He doesn't have some of the guys like that that have 
you know, been the Joe types in the past, have become very arrogant and cocky at times and not really want to talk to people. I won't name specifically people like that, but people you can imagine the, you know, the young dudes that can win all the challenges. And, you know, Joe's just the complete opposite, just just so cool with everybody. So I really recommend if you ever get a chance, Joe's one of the survivors you want to, you know, talk with and meet just because he's, he's just so nice and friendly. Well, I'm not saying this just because Joe is going to be there, but um, I haven't been able to fly recently because of health issues, and I had to miss Toys for Tech and um, Hearts of Reality because I couldn't fly. But yeah. we could drive to that event. Oh, yeah, so for sure. I've already sort of decided that we're going to make that event this year. So well, then we can interact. We can probably even do a... Uh, yeah. Some some post post show, you know, post uh, season thirty two show because there'll be so many survivors there. We can just get everyone online and have people talk briefly. So. Yeah, that's not yeah. too far for us to drive at all. So. And that should be good. It. Yeah. Yeah. We had driven to Mary and David Conley's event. Um, in Kentucky when they were doing theirs, but they're not doing theirs anymore, so. Yeah, and this is only a hop, kind of jump away, husband. yeah. Yeah. Since then, so. it's only like an hour and a half from Louisville, I think, so. Or about an hour and a half. That... Yeah, I definitely want to make it this year, and I get to meet you, too, so. Totally I awesome. Met and... Yeah. She's awesome, and it's a fun, it's a fun low key event. So if people, you know, sometimes you think of some of these events that are so many people and a lot going on, Reality Rally or you know Hearts of Reality or you know Toys for Tots. I don't I haven't been to Toys for Tots, but sometimes these events have so many people that new fans can be overwhelmed or old fans that have never done an event. But Reality for Diabetes is uh, a lot smaller scale. There's only going to be you know twenty twenty five reality stars max. So there's a good intimate interaction you can have with people and um it's just a fun event it's for you know juvenile diabetes is a is a big deal and they the event itself raises five hundred thousand dollars and tasha's team is usually one of the strongest if not the best you know individual teams it's not corporate uh she has a lot of charity phone calls so you know go to reality for diabetes and uh sign up and if if she's auctioning off a call with any of your favorite survivors, fight for it and get that call because just because it says it's a 10-minute call, a lot of these survivors, like when they do the show, will, you know, talk for half an hour and an hour. You know, they're great, great people. And at the end of the day, it's just a phone call for them, and it can be, but it can be a great experience for you. So something to, right, something to consider. Right. Yeah, I had um, almost gone up there a few years and uh, – I had kind of been promoting our show on here a few years back, and we wound up not being able to make it. But um, she does do a great event, and it's a lot like Toys for Tots because they're very small and intimate as well. And that's I like mm-hmm. that because you do get that that interaction with the reality stars that you don't get at the bigger events. Um, yeah. 
there's just too much going on in some of them. So yeah, even yeah. if they try to be really cool with everybody, it's just it's hard to do that with hundred reality stars and hundred fans. It's just hard for that all to happen. Right. The smaller events can be so much more to actually have you know long conversations with them and really feel like you've met them and and walk away with a friend, you know, at the end of the event where at the bigger Mm -hmm. events you get to get their autograph and say a few words and move along, you know. It's not like you've really been able to, you know, have long conversations and spend any quality time with them. So, you know, not that that's a bad thing. Um, It's just a different type of event. And so... For I'm sure. looking forward to it. Um, and it's really good to hear that Joe's going to be there. I, I would imagine that's going to be a big draw for her event. He will be, yeah. And we're ironing out, you know, a few other people I'm still working on. I'd love to still do that Africa, more Africa people. So, you know, we'll see who's there. It should be good. And, and uh, another cool, fun story that's a little behind the scenes is the um, – uh, the props on the actual stage, Jillian from uh, Season 17, Gabon, does Reality Rally, and what she does is she gets items from the stage and auctions them off for her charity. Uh, she didn't wasn't able to get a seat filler seat, and CBS didn't give her a seat, so my friend John and Steve talked to the stage manager, and they got out of the studio with the permission, uh, a tribal council seat, uh, a bunch of pillars, and one of the that big sign I'm looking at right now that was in the back of the back of the studio that they went to some of the commercial shots. Uh, one of those big eight foot long signs that's about four feet high. We got out wow. with one of those and we took it to the after party. And you know, you know sometimes you're a little worried that you're going to get in the party. Um, usually they just say, "Are you a survivor?" And you go, "Oh yeah," and you get in, but. It's a little easier when you're carrying a eight foot by four foot sign of the logo. <laughs> yeah, no one really uh, gives you any crap when you when you walk in with that. So that was that was fun, and my yeah, friend was just gonna put it in the risk. car. And <laughs> I said, John, let's take that to the party, and people can sign. And he's like, Now that's a good idea, and that's why I said, Well, that's why I'm the. Uh, one of the producers for our event in Maine is because I'm I'm one of those idea guys. So, you know, I can't hammer two boards together like we wouldn't have to build the challenges, but I'm the one that would be like, well, why don't we make the colors this color? Or, you know, why don't we do this? And then they get, they're the, everyone has their skill sets. You know, mine's not in building stuff, but, uh, yeah, everyone brings something different to the table. You can tell them how to build it. <laughs> well, I would never tell them how to build it either, but I would be the one that said, um, you know, Oh, is it wide enough if we have so many people on there? Or do you know? Did we did our dream team check and make sure it's you know strong enough? If you know if there's five people competing and they all have to be at the top at the same time, is it you know be strong enough that it doesn't break? You know that kind of stuff. But no, it's a good team that we have. So, but I was I I it was neat. Did you get a chance to watch the Ponderosa videos at all or? Once again, I'm a day late and a dollar short. I have not watched the Ponderosa videos yet. Um, as I said, I was just watching the interview hosted by 
Joe, um, but I have not gotten to the Ponderosa yet. Well, um, pretty much Kimmy, Kimmy, Keith, and Wentworth all got really great receptions, and it was all positive. There wasn't much drama that I could see. It was all, we really wish you had done well. I think there grew to be a real big animosity towards the final three, except for Jeremy. Um, so, But there wasn't a lot of tension. Keith, Joe, we'll talk about how awesome Joe is a little more. He he was giving Keith a haircut and a face facial cut because he just wanted to be helpful. Um, um, so that was interesting on Keith's boot. Kimmy, everyone was just so appreciative and that, you know, what she had fought back for and that she wouldn't let Keith just go home. And Wentworth, it was crazy when, you know, she had looked leaner and leaner, but I wasn't even aware of how much she had lost. On the Ponderosa video, she was, uh, she had lost 31 pounds or, uh, she was down to 115 and they said she was at, she had lost 23% of her body. Yeah, 23% of her entire body weight. That's incredible. And Fishback on the vid, on the Ponderosa video was saying he thinks that's a female record. And I would be pretty pressed to. I can't recall a woman losing more weight than that on the show. So that was just that's, something else. Interesting. She looked amazing though when she came out, voted off, and and she came out in that dress. She looked stunning. Oh, it's final tribal that orange that yeah. orange dress. Oh my yes. Oh my gosh. What a transformation. It's just well, I mean she's just so pretty anyway, you know. Whether she's out there in the dirt or in that dress, she's just a gorgeous little girl, but what a transformation. She was just stunning and I don't know. I'm just I think she's just amazing and once she did what she did for Keith I was just like over the moon a Wentworth fan forever like you said I will always be in her camp no matter what you know yeah yeah she's very pretty and even I'll even say it one last time beautiful and that's just all around too not just the physical part just the energy the passion and being at the beginning of the season, you know, on paper, the worst player to get picked just for how she did. She just brought so much and was just such a huge force in this season. You know, setting records. Fishback goes through some of it on her Ponderosa video. She nullified, or I think Jeff did it, the live thing. She nullified nine votes when they took out Savage. Like, that's just crazy. When getting two idols, winning the individual immunity, and always being in the minority, and still, she was one one event away from being in the finals and possibly winning. So that was just awesome. Incredible, for sure. And um, how many times have we seen a ten and O finale? I mean, that's a, a well. This is the largest jury ever. So there had never been a 10-0-0 vote before. We have now had a 7-zip, an 8-0-0, a 9-0-0, and a 10-0-0. And just an interesting sidebar, the two most dominant wins ever were by African-American men. 
Earl won nine to nothing to nothing over uh, Cassandra and Dreams, and Jeremy won ten to nothing to nothing over Tasha and Spencer. And I, I was just with everything that happened over the course of a game. I, I was just surprised it was you know all ten when Lit sitting in the studio. And I guess the 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 clue I should have thought about is they didn't show any of the votes, which meant that more likely than not, you know, Tasha and Spencer aren't getting the vote. And I guess everyone just thought Spencer was just too cocky and arrogant, which his move to force Jeremy to not make it a two-to-two vote was pretty cocky. What did your take? What were you feeling when Spencer did that? I was surprised Wentworth didn't try to say a little more when Spencer was trying to defend himself. I don't think any of it had to do with any of that. I think once Jeremy gave his speech about Val being preggers Mm -hmm. and him having another baby on the way and that he's held that in all this time Mm -hmm. and he gave his speech, he won Survivor right then. Yep. And I tweeted it, and so did a gazillion other people. Um, he won Survivor right then with yep. all of them. And I don't think Spencer or Tasha could have said or done anything to change it. I think that speech did it all. I agree. I definitely sensed it. Did you think there was anyone that would have voted for one of the other two? Where you was there? I didn't think it was going to be. I thought he was going to. Jeremy was going to win at that point for sure. But did you? Were you thinking any of the jury would go for Tasha or Spencer? So did you have any? Were you I, thinking anyone was going to sway or? I kind of wondered if there might be one or two stray votes, but I was pretty sure that it was going to be very heavily Jeremy, if not the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Um, when he gave that speech, it was just, it was heartfelt and it just meant, you know, the world to him, and you could tell it. It was him putting his heart out on the table right then, and everybody mm-hmm. felt it. And I don't, I don't know that anybody could have changed it at that point. I think mm-hmm. Survivor was won right then and there. Um, with his speech, and I think he he was very 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 smart to do it like he did, and he wanted to say something when he won that final challenge when he broke down. Mm-hmm. He wanted to say something then about Val, you know, being pregnant and him having a son on the way but he knew Mm -hmm. to hold it back until his speech. 
And he was so smart, so very smart for playing it like he did. And it won him that million bucks. And I think even if he would have taken Kelly, I think Kelly might would have gotten a few votes where it might not have been a a, a 10-0-0. But I don't know. It might still would have been even with Kelly after that speech. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was going to win, yeah, for he sure. He knocked it out of the park with that. And I was even, even though I wanted Wentworth, she was my first and Jeremy was was second. Um, yeah, it was it was great to see that happen, and I was totally, totally supportive of that. And, you know, they're both really cool to me, and I liked them both, and I wanted them both to be on there, so I had no issue with that. And I was, I guess, kind of happy that the people – who I didn't vote for and wasn't supporting ended up being the bottom, um, uh, or at least the bot fifth, uh, fifth and sixth, Tosh and uh, Kimmy. So they didn't get in there and win. So, <laughs> so That's Phil the, in our chat room wants to know if you found out what Wigglesworth's number was. Oh, you know, she uh, asked. For, she asked everyone to pick a number. Oh, I didn't ask her about that. I really think that was just an homage back to that season just to be nostalgic. Um, because Jeremy, when they did it, I, I forget. I think did Spencer pick or Tasha pick somebody picked two. I think the other one picked three and Jeremy picked four. So mathematically, or whatever. No, Jeremy picked two. Tasha picked three. And... Um, somebody, somebody picked four. I don't think that was a real, real question. Um, I don't think it ever has been a real question, except maybe for Kelly Goldsmith. Uh, but I don't think that was a legitimate question. I think she knew she wanted to vote for Jeremy. I think she just wanted to make a memory back to her other season. I mean, I can ask her online and see for sure, but I don't think that's the case. Jeremy picked two, Tasha picked three, and Spencer picked four. Yeah, when you're thinking of picking numbers like that, picking three and four right after nullifies, and it's actually not very smart by Tasha Spencer. When you when you got a range of one to if somebody if I was in Survivor and it was the final two, and they said pick a number to, from one to ten, and the first person picks three, I'm picking seven. You know, just to kind of hedge your bets on what the numbers can be. You don't pick like two, three, four. So right. I don't know how many kids Kelly has. I don't know if that was real and maybe it was too. I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't think the question. Uh, you can ask whatever you want. I think it was more of a. This is something really cool that happened on season one to me, and I'm going to do it to you. But just like that, because Greg was going to vote for Richard no matter what. I don't think the number had anything to do with it. He just wanted to be doing something silly and seem like he didn't care. And I think. To an extent, I think that's what Kelly did, too. Yeah. I mean, when you have the opportunity to stand up there and ask a question from such a phenomenal season, to ask such a silly question, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just seems, I don't know, like you're kind of throwing it away. I could think of a bazillion questions to ask, you know, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she pretty much she. I think she and Jeremy started on the same. No, she was on. She was on Takeo. Maybe she just liked Jeremy and just wanted to do something silly. I, I, I really don't know. I can try to do some follow-up on that and try to find out, but maybe there was no really rhyme or reason. Maybe she just felt like doing it. I, I don't know. That's that's the only thing I can... Yeah, good question. Awesome. No, one, no one really... No one was really butthurt either. No one, um, you know, came in acting all all stupid about it. And, you know, there wasn't anybody grandstanding or saying so-and-so should win. You know, Cass was even complimentary to Spencer, which was a big thing for her to do, you know. They've got a lot of history there. So, for her to be real friendly and said, I think we both tried to grow, so we'll see what happens. And we can even get a beer. And I was like, yeah. I did like the growth and maturation there. Bill was also asking, um, where did Keith get his dip from? I wasn't sure what he was referring to. I had to kind of ask this myself, but he said he was looking like he was chewing and spitting something at camp after the competition. I don't, think he would have any chewing tobacco out there, do you? No, I think he was just uh, just chomping on stuff, is my guess. I don't think there was really... I think he was probably maybe just spitting on whatever, just chewing on whatever he had. I don't think there was any anything else to it. From what I can gather, I think he might have just been chewing on leaves or something, because he was spitting in San Juan del Sur. He didn't have anything there either. Um, I think right. Keith just likes to sp- just spit whatever he uh, whatever he has <laughs> around, and that's what he had around. Some tree bark, probably, huh? <laughs> yeah, something something low key. I mean, uh, I don't think folks need to f- freak out. It was just he was chewing on probably just his own whatever and spit it out. I'm trying to see if there's anything else major we didn't cover. I guess the last thing I want to spend the last few minutes on will be the promo. Um, but I'm just trying to think if there are any major points we didn't hadn't covered yet. Uh, I'm just flashing back through it. That stair challenge. Uh, that's that was that was that's always tough when they have to take the one piece up at a time. But that puzzle at the end, that's one of the first times I can recall a three-dimensional puzzle like that. And that looked really, really tough. Yeah, that tough. was pretty intense. Yeah. And, and so was the know, ball challenge. The duel. Yeah, and that's, a, uh, that's one they've done before. But you're right, that is one that's stressful and exciting to watch. Um, and you just got to pay attention and... That only using one hand. If I, I know if they could let you use both hands, people would really do a lot better. And I think oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember from the screenshot. Was everyone using the same hand, or were they all right-handed? I don't. I didn't happen to catch if anyone wasn't right-handed. But I was so I was so upset. Kelly went out first. I don't know if it was just the pressure or the you know stress of the whole thing. But to see her go out first was 
was sad because that was her last last chance. Because even, you know, Jeremy thinking about letting her go farther, you know, she it wouldn't have been very smart. And, you know, she lost and that was, that was it. Well, I guess I'm watching her right now. Jeremy didn't believe Kimmy was flipping on him, and then he got – she did, and that – you know, that made, I guess the only contentious moment was when the jury was with that, and then Jeremy was able to squash that too, like a pro, saying, I had defended you all day, and then you voted against me, so I was, I was mad, and, you know, she still, even Kimmy voted for Jeremy, so, you know, he was able to turn it on him. So, I guess the last thing that'll be leading up to next season was they showed the promo for next season. I think we've alluded to it, but it is Brains versus Beauty versus Braun 2. Um, I forget the subheading. It's going to be back. It was back in Cambodia. They actually filmed it before Second Chances. So those poor people have been waiting to be shown. And they showed, I think, five or six of the players. Yeah, Caleb Beast Mode Cowboy is in there, but they didn't really refer to him as Beast Mode Cowboy. It was just "Hello, Caleb, Army Veteran," which is which is true. Uh, but it's interesting they're not playing up the Big Brother thing, and he's now the second person that's gone from Big Brother to Survivor. So their cross cross casting hasn't stopped. And I guess when you're looking at Braun, he's definitely is Braun. I'm just kind of curious that there weren't any other, I guess there's no other muscular guys in the United States, so they had to <laughs> use beast mode. Like, I know he's, he's, he's beast mode, but there's all kinds of beast mode type guys. I don't know. And he was so paranoid, I'm worried he's going to find some hottie on the beauty tribe and stalk her like he did with Amber. And I, you know, I think he's a fun guy. I just, I don't know how he's going to do in Survivor, which is, you know, not in a house and more physically intense. I think he can handle the physicality. I'm not, I wouldn't say that at all with Beast Mode. He looks like he's really tough. Yeah, with but those it's girls old. out there hardly have any clothes on half the time. How's yeah, these people are going to be in bikinis. He's going to be, <laughs> he, he, he better pick his jaw up off the beach because he could get a sand flea in there. I don't know. So we'll see how. How he does with that? Oh my But gosh, he was there. Funny. What a what what a interesting uh, what a interesting characters. And I I didn't have notes there, and I've been on the road. I I can't remember everyone's name. That first woman looked really interesting. She um she had done a bunch of different she, jobs, and she just had a just different look everything. to her. Yeah. The uh, Oriental guy. Yeah, the gay Asian guy. Yeah, he was. Because I just, I, I was worried he'd be just like a Yao Man clone, but he's not going to be a, obsessing over all. Sharon Stone's boobs. He's going to be obsessing over something on a dude. <laughs> but he seemed really cool in beast mode. And and then they showed Scott Pollard, who's a former NBA player. I'm not sure how tall Scott is, but I think he's pretty big. It's, it's you know, I don't think Paul's here. Paul, is Paul here? Or? Yeah, he's being quiet tonight. Well, I don't know. Does he have? Do you know anything about Scott Pollard? Because you're more of the sports guy, man. I, I I know he played in the NBA, but I'm not sure what teams or how big he is. I 
hadn't had time to research that, uh, and and okay. I just said Scott on the screen, and I I'm I was thinking, do I know who this is? And so I'm I think not- it's. I was just saying, I think it's Scott Pollard, and I, I just don't—I don't know what teams he played for, or what position. He looks like a big, big guy, but well, I don't know how big. no relation to Shane, Shane Powers, I'm sure. Oh, Paul, I think Pollard. I think if I've gotten my people right, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I, that's possible. You see some oh, of these. Okay. You see some of these basketball players that are, you know. Six four, and they look tiny out there compared to everybody else. So, I, oh yeah, I don't know. I, I would guess that he probably played uh, forward, and and it sounds familiar now that you say the last name, but I can't yeah. it right now. Um, are That's we, okay. Are we done with? Are we done with the final three giving speeches? Because. I think it didn't happen last year or this year. I don't remember when it last did, but that used to always be after their questions, right? Maybe they had to cut it for time because there was so much going on. Because there used to be used to do the intro and the <clears throat> used to do an opening and a closing. And I don't, I don't think they've done the closing for several, several, several tribals or several final tribals. So it might be a time thing. And the other thing I haven't looked online yet. Yeah, I don't know if they did a Fallen Comrades or the, you know, where they do the remembrance of the past players. I don't, I doubt they did one. Well, that seems to be a hit and miss every season. I was almost getting a feeling instead of going to the mirror, I was getting a feeling maybe they were about to do that. Then I was thinking to myself, what if there are players along that uh, that path that nobody ever knew, you know. Yeah. How I think they, that's. Say, I think it, it took them too much left, time, and, some, I have no and idea sometimes who it, that person is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it took too much time out of the finale, and sometimes depending on the alliances, they didn't even know anything about some of those early people. So I think they just they cut it for that. But they at least still put it on the internet even though it's been gone for probably five or six seasons. So, but I'll look on the Internet. It may not be there. Um, I have a question about where you were sitting. It seemed to me like you had a clear shot of Jeff, and but could you see the entire cast or only the, the right side? I can only see a few people. I could see Jeremy and, like, the back of Kimmy and one other person. Okay. Until they did, until the whole crowd was on there, uh, was in a was what they said was a partially obstructed seat. So, did you so, just wave your hand, or were you high fiving when Jeremy was announced the winner? I was waving my arms in all kinds of crazy fashion because I knew people were just going to stand up and clap. But I made sure to do weird things just to make sure people saw me on TV. It looked like Jeremy was announced the winner, and it looked like you were turning to your left to high-five somebody, but nobody was there to high-five, and so it was just waving your hand for acknowledgement, huh? I guess that's what happened. My buddy John was over there, but I don't I don't know if I did high-five him or if I had just high-fived him off screen or if I was just waving my arms around like an idiot. 
Wave your arms in the air. Um, He played for five teams, including the bulk of his career with the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers. He was known for his defensive play and his unique hairstyles. He was born in Murray, Utah, grew up in San Diego, and Kennewick, Washington. He attended the University of Kansas and was the 19th pick of the 1997 NBA draft. Wow. Selected by the Detroit Pistons. And for every season except his first and last, Pollard appeared in the NBA playoffs, including the 2007 NBA Finals with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He won a championship in the final season, 2007-8, with the Boston uh, Celtics. He currently resides in Carmel, Indiana, with his wife, Dawn, and three children. Wow, that's... That's not far from me. I, I mean, I'll have to look exactly where that is. I'm going to... Where, in Indiana? Yeah. That's just north of Indianapolis. I had some friends. I I, I lived there for a while um, when I worked for the FAA. Well, I might get my survivor number count up. I'll try to get a hold of him on some sort of social media and just let him know how big of a fan I am, and maybe he can be number 430 after I meet Karen. So maybe I'll try to get him before the finale. He's six I'm foot sure. eleven. Okay. <laughs> He's the second tallest survivor ever then. Wow. Mitchell was the tallest, but he's right up there and he's he's even taller than um shoot. He's even taller than um Cliff Robertson, right? Who was just on Kagayan, so Dang that another ball. NBA player. We've had, I think the NFL still has the most, but wow, I pro, that's I, don't know, I have to, I guess I'll have to do the Survivor Wiki for how many professional athletes have now played Survivor. There's at least six, so, huh, interesting. But the promo just did look. I guess they were talking about it was so hot and dangerous in Cambodia, and I was worried it was second chances, and there wasn't, you know, no medevacs for those. But it looks like there's going to be. This is several people that are removed from the game for medical no. reasons. Very, very ugly cut, that one. I don't know what that was, but it looked nasty. And the guy with the tattoos, it, I don't know what was going on on his shoulders. If that was something from camp or from a challenge, they were, you know, his shoulders were bleeding, and I don't know what his problem was. I couldn't tell. Yeah, it looks like we're going to definitely see some excitement on next season as well. They never, they never get boring on Survivor. I mean, they, they always keep it exciting. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So I hope everyone's all right. They're not all medically evacuated, but damn. Pretty scary stuff. But then you, For pe- sure. you see people like Scoopin, you know, who was hurt pretty severely out there. And yeah. he was right back out there, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. the love of this game, even if you're hurt badly, the first chance you get, you know, you're right back out there again. 
So that says a lot about the love of Survivor. Yep. For sure. Well, I I don't have much else to much else to say, but it was a great season, a lot of fun guests, and now that this season's over, all those people are going to be more possibly more apt to do the show. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for the lineup. I uh, don't know what happened with Coach. Um, didn't come back this week. We'll see if if Coach returns. Hopefully, nothing happened with any. Pygmies are indigenous people anywhere, and he's all right, and his family's all right. <laughs> um, but I, I hope he's back. And a lot of cool possible things now. Um, I definitely, since Joe won't be playing Sur- Survivor, I'm going to reach out and we'll get Joe on here as soon as possible. Uh, hopefully Sierra can now do it, and just some other people we haven't seen, so people can, you know, let me know, let Sherry know, let Paul know. And we'll focus on some people and try to, you know, bring in some new talent. That sounds and good. Well, we'll just keep keep going with this um, and keep Mike and the mic going until you're ready to wrap it up. Um, All right. If you can well, keep let's, bringing let's, on survivors. Let's be clear, uh, I would hope, that we're not doing a – Christmas Eve show or New Year's Eve show, which is the next two Thursdays, right? Well, uh, no, not we to my doing, knowledge, no. No, Good. we won't. We won't be doing shows on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. Good. <laughs> yep, it's going to be. Well, I think the show's over till February, from what I, from my, from my perspective, and let's until we do the preview show for, uh, you know, season thirty-two. Right. That sounds good. Yeah. But great well, Mike, season. Mike, thank you so much. An incredible season. Second Chance was one of the best ideas they've had in ages. They never get old. They always have these fresh ideas. But mm-hmm. Second Chance was one of their best. And I love being able to see all these returning players get out there and give it their all. And I think a lot of people out there feel the same way, you know, watching Twitter and all the social media response. Um, It was just an incredible season. And I'm so glad you were out there at the event and Mm -hmm. were able to get into the finale and be out there amongst them all and, have fun out there um, and we've certainly enjoyed having you here doing the show I can't wait to see who you might bring on now that the show is over because I know some of them couldn't come on due to you know contractual constraints um, but now that the show is over hopefully we'll be able to get some of the people who are just on the season and mm-hmm. have them come on the show and talk with you and get to hear their perspectives of being on the show. And I really I'm pretty sure, that. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure several will. I'm going to reach out to Kimmy, Keith, Savage, um, pretty much anyone that's never done the show. 
Uh, maybe not Fishback just because he does his thing with Raw, but I don't know if he'll even want to do it. I'll, I mean, I'll ask him for sure. Um, but, yeah, if anyone that we've not had, I'll try to get. And I'm going to keep working on new and interesting people, so we'll see who, who we get. Phil in the chat room wants to know if you know how to pronounce next season's title. I <laughs> I saw it on the promo. Let me uh let me look at Wikipedia real quick and see how it's spelled. Does it have does he have the spelling there? N G. Korong. Korong maybe. Let me let me get on Wikipedia. I wanna I wanna I'm a visual person, so give me one second to get on there and see what. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do my best because I don't know Cambodian either. I would just call it Brains Bronze Beauty too. But let me see, Survivor Thirty Two. K O wrong. I don't know. Let me uh, let me see what it says phonetically. Survivor Koa wrong, also known as. I wish there was a phonetic spelling here. Well, the location for it is in. Korong, Cambodia. Let me go to the article on that and see how they pronounce it. Korong or Kakos wrong. It's Khmer. It's a language in Cambodia. And it means, the word wrong means, might refer to an old term for cave or tunnel. So, and... Uh, let's see what koa is. That doesn't say what koa means, but I guess it has something to do with a cave or a tunnel. So there you go. And I guess I danced around it. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. <laughs> I wish I did. But it's, koa, koa when you have, the, when you have the, the little line over the O, doesn't that make the O, like, wrong? Wrong? Yeah, it might be Koa Rong. I'm not sure. We will uh, we'll we'll get to the bottom of that by February. What what that what that what that what that means? Because I don't have a they're not showing me a phonetic way to pronounce it, or I would I would would tell you. I just see that it's just definitely the most interesting spelling. I like I do like the logo a lot. It's a little simplistic and not as crazy as some of the new ones, and I appreciate that. So, but February seventeenth, we'll be back back at it. So Great. can't wait to see these new people. And it'll be eighteen players. So at the end of the season, I'll be up to counting Karen four hundred and. 55 new. I'll be at 455 cast met. I think that that math is that math didn't sound right. It's very late and I've slept about 10 hours in four days. So <laughs> it'll oh be over. Gosh. It'll be close to 450. So <laughs> you're you're just 445. 445. Maybe. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> but yeah. Well, That's Mike, all I know, again, folks. thank you so much for rushing home after such an incredible event to do this show. We appreciate you more than you know. I hope you and your family have a wonderful and blessed holiday season. Merry Christmas to you and your family, all your loved ones. 
and we'll um, post to everyone when we're going to have Mike and the Mike back because the next two are holidays and we're not going to be here. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll be a few weeks before we resume Mike and the Mike. Just watch Facebook and Twitter and have lots of new guests coming on. And I'm so anxious because I know you're going to have some of these new cast members and I'm so thrilled to have them come on and talk about this season because it was so good. Um, Oh, yeah. But thank you so much for doing all that you've done and I know you need to get some rest. We're going to close the show with Ron as we always do. Have a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. And we're going to wrap it up with Ron as we always do. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you. God bless. Here's Ron to take us out for the night. Here we go. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all my listeners, thank you guys and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. Mike, you want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to your fans? Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year to all the fans. Paul, you ready to say goodnight? Ho, 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 good night. (laughs) Thank you. Good night, everybody. God bless. Take care. Be kind to each other out there.